This just in, marriage downgraded to 426 night stand. Hello, you're listening to It's All True, brought to you by the fine, funny folks at thewhiskeyjournal.com. I'm your host, Tim Barnes, and you just heard a headline from one of our contributors. This is the show where I get artists and performers to tell me a funny, true story. And today's guest is Danny Black, a musician, a storyteller, a stand-up comic. Seems like he does it all. He also hosts the God, Sex, and Death Variety Hour on the fourth Tuesday of each month at The Hideout in Chicago. We had a great conversation about cults, music, and comedy. But before we get to that, let's listen to Danny Black play some music. I'm in Love by Danny Black from the former musical group The Blacks from Bloodshot Records. Danny Black is someone that you can see all over every type of venue in Chicago, and sometimes I have a hard time classifying who he is. So I started off by asking him, what are you? I do a little bit of everything. I was, I was a musician. It, it was like the, the, the least scary thing to try to do. Really? Music? Yeah. To get on a stage... Yeah, I think it's something more awkward. I mean, awkward where I'd be in, more intimidated if I got on stage with a guitar. I hear people that. are looking at it. No, I hear that from from comics that they like singing is more scary to them than talking. But I find it to be the opposite. If it's a song they don't like, they can kind of whisper quietly <laughs> through it, and you don't notice it because you're singing. I've never had the blood rush out of my body as when I've told a joke that bombed. Do you get some confidence when you do stand up or storytelling that comes from music? Um, no. Really? No, because it's two totally different things. <laughs> Everyone says that. Like, well, you've been at stage a long time. But I was like, not doing this. <laughs> not trying to remember how a story goes. Yeah. Or working on... See, I always wanted to be... My number one job, if I could pick any job like since I was a kid, would be um, cult leader. <laughs> it just seemed like that would be the most fun. Because it's... You don't have to work, really. A lot of women involved. But you had to develop that status. I know. Have you thought about how you would do this? Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> Uh, I read one. about it. I read about how people become cult leaders. Generally, they start with a uh, like they go into. You need to go into an existing organization already, like huh. a church, and then you get followers that are already there, mm-hmm. and then you break off into a splinter group. <laughs> now you can do that, like like how Jim Jones did it, or else you can do like how David Koresh did it, which was he he be, he like rose through the ranks of his church, and then he ousted the guy who was the leader. You know, he like turned everybody against him. Have you ever started one of these steps of? No, because I don't like going to church. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my story kind of uh, has to do with being a musician. Each week, I ask a guest to tell me a headline for a funny true story. Danny had a great story, and it involves a comedian who uh, we shall not name in this episode. So you're going to hear a few bleeps. What's your headline? 
I think my headline would be, oh, it'll give the story away. Let's go for it. Yeah? Yeah. No joy for Louis <laughs> boy toy. <laughs> um, let's see, when I was, I think I was 19 and I started off working at Midway Airport, I was a bag thrower. Okay. So one of the highlights of the job was that celebrities would come through. Uh-huh. No good ones. <laughs> it was, you know, Doc Severinsen. I guess he was kind of cool. Was that was that the the, the band, band leader, leader from, from Tonight Show? Oh, yeah. So he was kind of something for me because I used to watch the Tonight yeah. Show all the time, and uh, th- which is also uh, where I first saw. Okay. Okay. And so it was a big thing, like, hey, it's coming through a gate B nine at four twenty. You know, come on. And so we'd all go over there, and I liked him. He was, he wasn't you know edgy like Lure, like uh, Richard Pryor or anything, but. Mm. He had really funny jokes about how mean his dad was, <laughs> you know. So we went to go see him, my brother and I, and uh, there was a huge traffic jam or an accident or something. So we missed most of the show. So I went to go meet him at the gate and just wanted to say, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm a fan. Uh, we went to go see your show and we missed most of it. And yeah. uh, he actually felt really bad about that we missed it. And he said, look, I'll be back in town in, in a month. So give me your number and I'll call you. And I'll give you tickets. <laughs> and I'm thinking, are you really? He's not gonna call me. Were you a little like? What, were you? Do you feel like a little fanboy at that point? No. Okay. <laughs> I thought he's full of shit. He's not gonna call me. He's just trying to get rid of me so he can okay. get on his plane. <laughs> like who? Who would call? Why would you do that? That's insane. You know, three weeks roll by, and then I get a phone call. It's just back when answering machines were around, and it's him. He's like, hey. I got. I left you guest list spots, so we went, and then we went backstage. And Rita Rudner was touring with him, who I had a huge crush on. I don't know if you know who she is. We're talking and chit chatting, and he's like, "So what do you do?" And I said, "I'm a musician." And he's like, "You wanna? I'm coming back in a couple months. You wanna open for me?" Whoa! Yeah, and like you never even see me playing. He's like, "I could tell you're talented. I could wow. like you something about you. Like you got you got something." Uh-huh. So he's like, "Yeah." He said, uh, "All right, um, it's a thousand dollars. We'll pay you, and uh, and just you know, you got twenty minutes. Mm. That's awesome." So my brother and I practiced our asses off, did the show, hung out with him again. Wow. He was also doing. This is back when Jerry Springer wasn't exactly what it was or is not. Even though if it's still in okay. the air, it was more of like a Donahue type show, <laughs> you know, where they talk about issues. So he would be on that show, mm. and then he'd invite me down, like, "Hey, you want to come and hang out at this TV show?" And I was like, <laughs> "Shit, yeah." And then, and then we so you 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 developed a sort of a friendship. Yeah, he called me, and I was never starstruck by him or anything. <laughs> he was just yeah, cool guy. It's probably like my ego or something, <laughs> but you know, hanging out with famous people. Yeah, you're like, yeah, this is how it should be. Yeah, because I, I'm going to be too. famous. Yeah, so this doesn't seem weird. And then, or the other thing is like, I'm not going to talk to them till I'm already. Famous. Oh, then, I do that always. And time. then they'll you know because I don't want to be like a fanboy. Yeah, like what you said. You know, I'm going to let them. I'm going to wait till I'm yeah. somebody that they want to exactly. you know, approach. Never introduce yourself as it hasn't, a man. hasn't happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we would go to you'd go to Chinatown, and we'd, I remember we were at this restaurant, and uh, and the waiter comes up, and he's like, you, you're John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, I'm funnier than him. I heard him on the phone. He was like over, he was talking on the phone with his agent or something, and like he's like, do you want to do Milwaukee? And he's like, it'll be 20000 He's wow. like, oh, no, forget it. Wow. Like he was turning down 20000 Like, yeah, I don't want to stay here. So, and then he, he would say, I have enough money for 30 lifetimes. You know? So, like, if you need any money, wow. just let me know. So I asked him for $5,000. Really? Yeah. And he, 
did what? not give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? In fact, he stopped calling me for a while. And he's like, yeah, people are just always asking me for money. And I'm like, well, you offered it. So yeah. no wonder why you know, they're asking yeah. you for money. So we had like a little argument about that. But again, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So, so that, just, I don't you're just brushing off the fact that you're just casually having like little tiffs with <laughs> I think he kind of liked that though. Like <laughs> yeah. I didn't kiss his ass really or anything. I was like yelling at him for not calling me back cuz I mean I would do that with anybody. Like you yeah. can't offer something and then rescind on it and then just act like I yeah. like I'm so rude for <laughs> asking for that thing that you offered. Yeah. So then he started this thing where he I wish I had the videotape. He he wanted to do like a benefit album for um, a woman, a friend of his that was sick. And he's like, hey, why don't you come out to L.A.? We'll work on the music for it. You know, there's going to be a bunch of people involved. I figured, all right, I'll go out there and, and check it out and see what's going on. I fly out there and then um, he actually forgot to pick me up at the airport. So I took the shuttle into, I think it was North Hollywood, which is a <laughs> shithole. I like ran into this 16-year-old kid from Kentucky. Uh. Who brought two girls up so he could pimp them out? Oh wow! So it was like that. It was like yeah. that whole, you know, they had forty dollars between the three of them, and they were gonna. So I was like, all right, I gotta get out of here. So I called him, and he, he came at this flea bag hotel and came and picked me up. So we drive to his house. It's yeah. this beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills. You know, like floor to ceiling windows <laughs> overlooking <laughs> the city. It was amazing. I'd never seen a house like that in my life. And I walk in, and uh, like on the chair over here, hmm. there's uh, a kid playing guitar. And he's like 19 and been from So Kentucky. whenever he opens his door, there just happens to be a guy. Yeah, there was, yeah. Uh, there was a kid um, <laughs> like sitting in a chair playing guitar. I remember he was playing a song that sounded exactly like Wicked Game. Uh-huh. The Chris Isaac song. Uh-huh. And it was in that David Lynch movie. Okay. And I was like, yeah, so, what are you playing, Wicked Game? And he's like, no, I wrote it. I was like, no, it sounds like Wicked Game. So I was like, that's okay. And then, uh, and then I went into the kitchen, you know, to get something to drink. And there was another kid hanging out there too, and he's a musician and also. So you're like seeing clones. Looked like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and th- there was another kid too. It was I don't know. Uh, there was a third kid. Three or four kids there. Yeah, and they're all about my age and kind of <laughs> looked like me. But I was getting a really bad vibe from the okay. kids. So we were hanging out. Like they were not friendly to me. They weren't mm. talking to me. So the came up and he's like, look, why don't I get your room tonight somewhere? You know, this is not going well. Yeah. So I was like, sure. So he got me a room at, um, where's that place that Led Zeppelin always stayed at on Sunset? Anyway, um, so I got a room there. Yeah. And then so I'm walking in and little Richard's walking out. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. What? And he had two bodyguards and then two supermodels. Wow. And uh, they all had pancake makeup on. <laughs> and I, was, I was starstruck. I was like, little Richard, this that is, is amazing. This is amazing. And I'm like, little Richard. He's like, yeah, little man. <laughs> he's real tall. And, uh, and So then, you're like living the lifestyle that that, that kid in Almost Famous at yeah, this point. You're yeah, just... that's, what it, that's what it seemed like to me. And then uh, and then I saw John Voight. <laughs> And I was, I was like, this is how it happens. <laughs> you come out here, somebody famous thinks you're great. Yeah. You know, and then you come out here and like, meet Little Richard and see John Boyd, you know, Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm on my way, man. So uh, so he gets me the room, uh-huh. and then I'm, I'm hanging out in there. And um, and so he's like, hey, mind if I hang out for a while? I'm like, yeah, sure. That's what came to hang out with you. And so we're, uh, he's like sitting on the bed, and then he's, he's looking at me. And I'm getting like a little uncomfortable, and he's like, uh, "I need to tell you something." And I said, uh, "Okay." Uh-huh. And he said, uh, 
you know, I love you. Whoa. Yeah. Did you ask for the five thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should ask for. It. <laughs> See, timing. I yeah. should know. No, I, I, I remember I just said, "So you're gay?" Because I didn't really, yeah. You know, he never hit on me or anything like that. So I just thought he liked me for me. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, it was it wasn't that weird or creepy or anything. I was yeah. just like, "Well, I'm not, I'm not gay." Yeah. You know? And then he said, "Well." You know, mind if I cuddle you? Mm. And uh, yeah, sure. Why not? So there's a, there has been a point in your life where <laughs> cuddled, cuddled cuddled you, yeah. cuddled with you. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Uh, that happened. Do you yeah. think about that? Is that, that would be a weird fact that popped in my head mm. when you're in an elevator at some point <laughs> <laughs> on my deathbed? <laughs> Why? What? And I don't know. It was in the moment. Yeah, it's kind of like. Maybe I wouldn't have done it any other time, huh. but uh, I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't creepy, <laughs> really. You know, <laughs> it didn't seem that bad. So I was like, "Yeah, sure," and it was something that that uh, he would enjoy. Yeah, so I was being selfless. Okay, and maybe just odd. <laughs> like, let's see what this is like. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just remember. Being at breakfast and thinking like, oh, some paparazzi's gonna pop out <laughs> any minute now, you know, and uh, and uh, and then I'm gonna be like on the headlines of the Inquirer, <laughs> and I have to explain to everybody like, no, I'm not his boyfriend. It's a it's all a big misunderstanding. <laughs> and that's the show. That was uh, an incredible, strange story. One of my favorites. Danny Black hosts the God, Sex, and Death Variety Hour at the Hideout in Chicago. And you can get more info on when that show takes place at thewhiskeyjournal.com. Please subscribe to this podcast and read more of the Whiskey Journal. This is Tim Barnes saying, I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs>